welcome to Movement is My Constant. In this podcast, I invite movement researchers to share their embodied knowledge through open conversations as inspiration for organizations and leaders to design the future of work. The people who come towards this practice, they are really searching for a place where they can find uh, their body awareness. For this episode, I've invited two colleagues of a team of movement specialists at a local gym who dedicate their work in improving the way we move so we can feel better. This is their motto, move better, feel better. And I'm curious to learn from their perspectives what it means to move better, because we all want to feel better, obviously. The gym is called Vice, uh, which in Dutch means to be wise. And their home base is in Amsterdam, uh, in the Netherlands. The owner is called Gijs, who is with me today. He's a physiotherapist, personal trainer, movement scientist, and founder of Vice. He's passionate about movement, a keen observer, and focused on healthy alignment. I'm also joined by Nadia. She's also a physiotherapist, personal trainer, and she uses her background in ergonomics to bring postural awareness, not only at the gym, but also in the office spaces. She will look into details and listens carefully with interest to help you improve posture and awareness. Luckily, this gym has been open during the pandemic and every client is grateful for it. It gave their customers a way to move properly during a time of stagnation and uncertainty. So welcome, guys. Welcome, Nadia, to Movement is My Constant. Thank you. Um, this is the first time in the podcast that I have two guests at the same time. And the reason, the reason I've invited you together is exactly because I wanted to share the, the good spirit that the team always has every time uh, I'm, I'm there. And also the combination of the different practices uh, that come in one place, uh, the benefits as well, which I believe is at the core of the gym. Um, and to start this, I want to know a little bit more about your influences. That's always how I like to start. So influences in the, you know, in those early childhood experiences, what do you know that you did then uh, that relates to what you do now? So maybe I can start off with uh, Heis for now. Uh, can you give a bit more explanation of the question? What you're saying? <laughs> So what are you doing as a child, you know, what was really like yeah. natural that relates to what you do today? Uh, so when, when I was a kid, uh, I think I wasn't the most talented athlete, or at least um, uh, it was always a bit... Um, Let's put it this way. I wasn't the one picked first with uh, in the football team. Um, so basically, uh, in, in all the more uh, delicate movements, uh, as it comes to ball sports and that kind of stuff, I could manage and was fine to do, but uh, wasn't really my, uh, my main aim. Um, then when I turned 14 and I was allowed into the, uh, the rowing boat, uh, actually, I did find uh, a lot of fun in, in, in sports. So um, since my 14th, I've been rowing. Um, and I did that in the eventually even in the Dutch junior uh, national team. 
Um, and I continued after that uh, in the same uh, senior teams. Mm. Uh, so there, I think, was the, 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 the main uh, change for me to, to become more into the sport. Mm -hmm. uh, however, even as a kid already, uh, I think starting somewhere in the beginning of my high school, um, I did some extra courses related to sports and, and, and training. Um, and yeah, I was when I was in my fourth year, so the year before I finished, uh, I was thinking, okay, I want to be a gymnastic teacher um, because I really liked the, the training in there. But then when I went to some uh, days at the university uh, for the preschool, so yeah, I don't know, I was missing something. It was general about movement, but it wasn't as in depth as I hoped it would be. And that's how I actually stumbled upon uh, physical therapy, and especially the, the experiences I had during my uh, rowing career in the juniors, also with, for example, an osteopath who really looked into different um, connections between the body, uh, made me realize that, that that's the thing I was looking for, because then you had a combination of, I think, two very fun things. One is uh, movement and, 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 and sports, but also something, and that's maybe something completely different, but that's more like puzzling or even playing a game because that's a bit how I see uh, profession I do today, uh, even as a movement scientist or as a physical therapist. Um, it's everyone is this unique puzzle that you have to figure out how it works. And most of the time, of course, in physical therapy, why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's like the two things I did a lot when I was a kid. So one was playing all kinds of sports until I find my expertise in the rowing part. And two was a lot of puzzling and that kind of stuff. And this was actually for me the ideal combination. So it's 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 for me uh, a lot more than just about movement and about sports, mm -hmm. um, but also having that puzzle of, of creating the a healthy uh, yeah, balance actually between the body. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to to understand like really like what influenced you. For you to see this more holistic approach to movement, right? That it has a combination yeah. of those parts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Nadia, the same question. What were your uh, influences? Um, I grew up in a small country town in Australia, so I didn't play a lot of sports as a kid. We would play and run around in the bush a lot, so there's a lot of activity but not really organized sports. Um, similar to Kais, I was not the most talented at sports, not the most coordinated. I have had hypermobility issues all of my life. And so that started to come apparent, like in school sports, I would notice it, that I would have trouble doing certain things. Um, and I think even at school, I, I loved PE class or gymnastics. Um, not only for the sport aspect, but I loved already learning about the body and how it worked. And so that moved me to then look at exercise science um, and physiology to okay. go into university. And I think that's really where it triggered for me. Like it was more my love than of anatomy. Mm -hmm. I remember the first day I went into the cadaver labs and started learning about how the body and how it worked. And I was just hooked from there. 
and yeah, started to look at more how the body moves, how it works together as a whole complete system, and then got to the end of that degree. And similar to what Pat was saying, what I missed was like that puzzle piece. So, okay, once somebody has a diagnosis, we might be able to do the right exercise for them, but I really want to be able to diagnose. Like if somebody came in with a problem, how would I be able to pinpoint, okay, this is what I need to do. Mm. So then that spurred me on to then study physiotherapy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's really interesting to, to be able to help people, particularly as a physical therapist, people come off the street without any diagnosis and mm -hmm. um, to put that puzzle together to really look at what's going on. We are all the sum of our parts in terms of our movement, our accident or injury history what we do on a day-to-day -day basis and try and place that all together to figure out how to help this person forward and make yeah. them feel comfortable in their body again. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to hear about both of your stories are really connected about there's this experience of, okay, we've been in the sort of competitive world in this, like, you know, being picked for a certain, you know, uh, skill, physical skill and not necessarily successing at it. So that's like everybody in the world has that story, I guess. And but you managed to like indeed find that idea that that knowledge of okay let's let's dive deeper and what is it about it's about creating this human centric uh, experience like really understand from the human perspective how does it all work um, so I guess yeah, that's, sorry yeah and that's what definitely I guess for me is also how the type of client I like to say I'm not a top athlete kind of physiotherapist. Um, having that pressure to get someone to back to a top sport, I think isn't my my squeeze or my passion. But in terms of like just general people and being able to see how does movement work and that kind of thing. And that it shows from my, right. my lack of sports or lack of organized sports as well. Chai, mm -hmm. you were saying something as well? Yeah, I think, I think indeed uh, as a, um, for adding this to what Nadia was saying, I think the, the interesting thing about working with people who are not as conscious with their body, um, especially the people who come towards this practice, they are really searching for a place where they can find uh, their body awareness. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Um, as if you work indeed with only athletes or whatever, of course, they're constantly aware of their body and start working on it. So they have this drive and most of the time they have an injury and just like, okay, the pain needs to be gone because then we're going to train again. And I think we can all agree that certain level of training can't be healthy for you in any way. Uh, not that I have something against uh, a high level of loading the body, but it is a choice you can make. Like running a marathon isn't the healthiest thing to do, even though I've run a couple of myself because I just like the challenge um basically same as you don't like drinking or you know drinking is not healthy but you will be drinking a glass of wine in the evening yeah. that's how the how being works sometimes uh but when um when you look at the um, the search that people have who come in here uh for their injury most of the time but also sometimes people say like i don't have an injury now but i had a colleague or someone else who was pointing out to me that I was sitting very strange or I was walking funny. Um, and actually, I'm afraid that it will cause me any injuries later on. And I think those type of people that are conscious of like, hey, I'm doing something strange or it doesn't feel right, 
even though maybe it doesn't even hurt that that's where you can really guide them a bit on their journey because of course they are the ones who need to make a change um and there's also a challenge because then everything is really new for them mm-hmm. and that can be that you have the first three sessions only teaching someone how to move his hips or how to move his knee in a proper way or that kind of stuff and as soon as they get that feeling and they get that link then they can also see the fun behind training and eventually even end up being here in the gym every day and getting fully addicted to it right yeah exactly so that 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 really brings us nicely into the motto move better feel better what does it yeah. mean then to move better well um when i started to practice of course you have like all those uh points and slogans and that kind of stuff where you're thinking about same with the name you have like a million ideas and eventually you pick something um the same thing was for move better feel better i think because uh the person who helped me with the, the, the strategic plan of the practice was eventually okay what's your aim and Also, yeah, the aim is to make feel make people feel better, like like let them enjoy things they do. And then she asked me, and it's really straightforward, like how do you do that? Yeah, to let them move. And she was like, Yeah, are you just telling them to move? Like, well, letting them move better, actually, because getting people to move, you can only you can also use an online app for that, because you have a million of apps in the app store that tells you what to do. But uh in that case if people use that before they come in and they have their injuries and explain them how to do a proper plank for example they say like oh now i can't even hold this plank for 10 seconds and they were doing it two minutes via the challenge or a push-up challenge and they, oh, i can do 50 push-ups and we teach them how to do push-up properly in the posture and they can't do only five for example yeah um so that that and actually in that talk uh she was like okay so if we make it very simple you say you let people move better to feel better. Like, yeah, okay, well, then we have a slogan. So it was actually a very short, uh, easy way of getting through that thing. Uh, but I do really think it, it hits the uh, essential of the practice is that uh, whatever you do, and I think that's unique of the practice, uh, it will always come down to uh, your posture and, and how you move during your daily life. And I think if you look into the practice, we have a lot of different physiotherapists. And we all say that we're also personal trainer because we do so much with training uh, as a physical therapist. I think we're really uh, um, skilled in having the combination between hands-on treatment, but also really the level of training is very highly in the gym. We also have like training sessions together and that kind of stuff. If you then look in, for example, with Nadia, who is uh, in her background, very uh, Pilates-trained therapist. Um, for example, we have also Arno, who was a professional dancer, or uh, Steven, who's doing Olympic weightlifting. Uh, so basically, you have all the extremes between weightlifting, dancing, and Pilates. So extreme mobility, extreme core stability, and extreme heavy loading with, with for example, weightlifting. But whoever you ask, they all will say, what's the important thing they will start with posture mm. and, and make sure your your body posture is good your balance is good and that is the point where we start off with and then you can go whatever direction you want mm-hmm. but everyone will always make sure the posture is proper and and the positions of moving and the knowledge also about how you move is good mm. yeah 
Yeah, exactly. So in both of your practices, you and Nadia, how does it look like to move better uh, practices as in you with your clients is like what you were just saying, it's posture. You go for posture first. Yeah, for me, I think if somebody comes in, it's a picture, it's, a, it's that back to that puzzle. So you'll come in, you might have a questionnaire field, so you already have a bit of idea of what they're going in. Mm -hmm. It starts from the moment you kind of meet the client. What, what are they like? Um, their personality. Can you see that they're in a lot of pain? How are they holding themselves? And then the history, what's been going on, that will tell you a lot. But very quickly, you'll start to do like a physical examination. And posture is one of the first things I look at. It can tell you so much, even before you put your hands on someone or see them move. You can start to get a picture of like what, what could be going on here. Um, and then for a lot of the patients that we see, the, the assessment or the test that we do are trying to figure out, okay, what's causing them to have this kind of posture dysfunction or um, posture type, as it were. And then from there, it's just how can we help them to get back to a normalisation of it yeah. um, to, for themselves. I always like say to my patients, like, the posture has to be right for you and your body. Um, even left to right, it's not necessarily that you're going to join Cirque du Soleil in terms of your flexibility, but you need to be able to be left and right uh, even or get closer towards that yeah. or closer towards a position that can help you find and hold a neutral posture. And then from there, you can do all the movement that you like. Yeah. So if you say that, or if we say now that posture is like at the, the, the zero ground, like it's the basis of correct movement or of, you know, better movement, uh how does posture influence also you know not only your physical state but your mental state your motivational state that we were talking earlier about you know all of that i don't know if you want to jump in go ahead i think you know if i see somebody depressed and or who's sad like what posture do they take like straight away it's like um quite slumped quite um you know looking down or someone stressed their shoulders come up so this thought that the mind and the body, you are one you. It's one Anna. Your mind, your body, everything is, is you. And your emotion does show up in your posture. I think just similar as it is with our emotions, um, it's hard to find a, a neutral posture position. Like it's hard to understand your emotions in some way. And it's up to some people, it's hard for them to even understand where their body is in space. Mm -hmm. um, look, I don't know the exact link for it, but I do believe that to to find more about your body gives a more understanding about yourself and does that link to, to feelings? I think so. Yeah. Guys, mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to add. Um, well, yeah, what, I, what I'm... Uh, one of the things where a lot of clients always make fun of uh, is that if they indeed do exercises and, and I think example for Nadia uh, with uh, protection in shoulders or the forward stance in your shoulders uh, or you all have a lot because of the computer work uh, for example uh, I always tell them to uh, explain them like what's when it rains it's it's like a shitty day mm -hmm. so what you do you pull your shoulders forward head down and try to catch as less rain as possible and you also come home and you're like angry negative whatever and uh, today, for example, when we are recording the podcast, it's it's beautiful weather outside. It's like a first day above 20 degrees. So everyone's happy, comes in smiling and looks up. 
and like whoa it's nice again even there's a pandemic we're happy because the sun is shining um and indeed that that the postural change that you have when you're feeling down even with depression or burnout limitations uh, is is very easily noticeable uh, when i have patients coming in and sometimes uh, it can be very emotional for those patients to speak about the posture they have to stand in front of a mirror where they can they have to look at themselves and then you show them what the differences are and more than once happens also that that, that, that people start to have emotions to see the change and then i try to explain to them like hey this is like looking into the world you see more stuff you get more impulses that makes you more happy because you once of a sudden do see the kid in the corner uh, playing a bit or you do notice the guy who goes on his knee to ask his girlfriend for marrying or whatever, because you look around you and you see people doing fun stuff. Uh, as if you only look to the ground because it's raining and shitty weather, then you don't see all those things. So you also don't have the positive impulses. Uh, and, and that can be everything. So, so having a different posture definitely immediately changes someone's perspective of the world. And that perspective of the world also changes your mood, I think. Yeah. yeah yeah and like you were just saying about like looking and seeing others you're starting to invite others around you to be also part of where you are right yeah. so you have a more like yeah. experience yeah that's 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 very cool if i can add as well i was thinking about the change or the effect that it also has on your um capacity to breathe and how you breathe is huge mm -hmm. so and we know that that has a direct link to your mood and um whether you're in kind of that restful state or that fight or flight stress response, just often I get a, a client to feel like, take a deep breath in that slump position and where are you breathing and where do you feel that restriction versus if you are in a good open posture. So, yeah, the link to, to how you feel and how your body can function is, is evident really clear. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. So what have you seen, like, in this postural awareness, what have you seen through the last year, the year of the pandemic, where we've all changed our habits, you know, our routines, what has affected the posture, you know, what have you seen different in people coming into the gym or to the practice? Mm, um, well, no, go ahead. Um, I would say that the link to the mental aspect is, is a huge one. You have people moving less. Yeah, during the pandemic, yes, we see a lot less movement. Uh, people are commuting, so any movement that they have during the day is less. Um, also, you're stuck in your house, so the, you might walk to the, to the kitchen, but it might be less movement than if you had to go up to another floor to get to the canteen or something like that at work. But the big difference that I've seen is also the mental load um, and the isolation on people and the effect that it's having on their body, how they feel about themselves, um, their awareness of pain mm -hmm. is very high, I think, at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, so, again, you can really see that link between the mental and the physical during this pandemic. Yeah, yeah interesting. And you have uh, actually one, one of another fun thing is that's maybe looking a bit at, at a, a more positive side is uh, also a lot of clients um, actually see that they have more time and, and also are realizing that what they have been doing uh, isn't healthy at all. Um, 
for example, people who have been traveling a lot for work, um, they um, they said, okay, okay, I'm I'm in here now, and, and normally I'm coming in for Monday morning, and then I'm flying all week because I have to go everywhere for my work, and then I'm coming back Friday midday, and I come here Friday evening training, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But that time in the chair, flying everywhere, uh, eating in the hotels, uh, eating in the planes, uh, having different time zones, and the whole impact on your body is is is, is really exhausting. And um, then now they make the change like, okay, I'm not traveling as much or actually not traveling at all. And I can come in and do my personal training sessions three times a week. Uh, I can uh, focus on my nutrition, uh, my sleep is better. And, and those people feel a lot more energetic actually. And, and, and that's, I think also something that we need to be aware of that the pandemic, of course, one side limits our physical activities by all the gyms that are closing and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But already with, with just training outside and, and having a more structured life, less traveling, uh, has a very positive influence also. Uh, of course, on the environment, but that's a whole different story, but also like on, on your personal health. So I think that's one of the things that a lot of people should be aware of. And well, here in the Netherlands, of course, it's nice and small, and most people bike towards their work. But even that uh, commute that you cut down with 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening on your bike, uh, and you now can go for a walk or whatever, that's, that's a big change. Um, so, so yeah, actively, uh, people are um, a lot better off, I think, if you put your mind to it and, and, and see those positive, positive uh, possibilities. Yeah, yeah. I think at some point, indeed, we just are less bound to those structures that were kind of, you know, dictating our routines, dictating our schedules. And all of a sudden, here we are full of time and we're like, hey, I can, you know, actually benefit from all of this and try to have some time for myself. Uh, precisely yeah 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 absolutely so in the end that also affected like mentally affected uh, in a positive way so some people are rediscovering absolutely. Yeah, better rested more productive uh happier more time with the family yeah. uh well it should be happier but uh, <laughs> uh but no that that those kind of changes absolutely that that's that's i think very big and and i think we shouldn't underestimate that part that uh as long as you uh, participate, uh, it's it's also a big chance for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you also see more people uh, working from home, right? So then what can we uh, talk about that aspect of, you know, posture as well and quality of movement? That's things shifted there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, one thing to know is just to try and create more movement throughout your day. Again, there's less kind of distractions throughout your workday. One thing that I have seen is that a lot of people working from home are actually working a lot harder and taking less breaks mm-hmm. than they would report working at the office. They're not having the chat to their colleague or someone suggests go and get a coffee. And almost it's a sense that people have to prove that they're really on the job and on the clock um, a lot more, I think, than maybe if they were at the office. Mm -hmm. So incorporating movement, um, you know, as Cass was saying, like go for that walk, do your commute with a walk around the block. Um, 
finding different positions or different places in your home that you like to work from to kind of break up the day mentally and having a, a well it can't be perfect um, nothing is as good as movement in terms of like a work setup but it's crazy the amount of people you talk to who come in with neck and back pain you ask them about their setup from home and they're like yeah I just work from a laptop so at least I'm always like minimum is a laptop stand, a keyboard and a mouse, which nowadays is very, very easy and cheap to get. And there's companies that provide it for the employees as well. Yeah, yeah. So just trying to create movement as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, going back to that quality of movement and going back, coming back to the gym, to the place where you're having the practice, you have a space of obviously for people to train, you have the the therapy rooms uh, where you do a lot of a lot of work, um, and I was also trying to indeed connect this what the gym looks like versus what the normal gym looks like. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nadia always says, oh, "I yeah, have Larry Gardner again when I'm walking around with my uh, uh, water supplies, uh, whatever." It's it's uh, there's a lot of plans in the gym. Okay. Uh, so I think that's that's uh, that's something. If you walk in, like our, our main color is green. You can see them on the website also. Mm -hmm. um, we have those big green banners outside of the building. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you walk inside, I think it's pretty funny though because when you walk out of the building, it's a really ugly '70s, yeah. lot of stone uh, building, uh, and guys don't have to come there all. But it's 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 like this ugly yeah i don't know it's it's, it's not nice mm -hmm. but then when you walk in actually it is a completely different world because the nice thing about this place is it has windows all over the building so every room has plenty of windows and basically one glass wall all the way around uh, and uh inside yeah we have like uh, quite a nice big uh, entrance area where the plants are between people uh, in the gym, we have plants uh, that are like we, we try to grow them and, and let them go over uh, all the metal parts uh, for the air conditioning and stuff. Um, in the treatment rooms, there are plants. We're now even making little green walls in the treatment rooms. So, yeah, there's a lot of plants to, to let, yeah, and they're all real, so they're all growing. And, 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 and as we are growing as a practice, plants are growing, hopefully, also our clients. So, that's like gives a nice vibe i think yeah uh, and 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 that's yeah that's really something we aim for that it's not uh, a black dark hole where you do your workout and, and have hard music but it's this friendly area and, and especially with the connection of the outside because of all the glass mm -hmm. and then we have the benefit that it's it's the building is like it's on the ground floor but the cycling path in front it's a bit lower Mm -hmm. uh, so even around the building we have this little garden and you can see one of the canals and yeah. that kind of stuff so if you're inside you really have this open green space inside but even have this nice clear view to the outside without being yeah in this fishbowl that everyone sees you working out mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's a very nice lucky place that you have this safe but still open uh, area yeah yeah, yeah. And and I and I guess that to add to that, it's uh, it sounds like you're just you know it's just just a description of a space. However, 
it kind of also influences the way we deal with our body, right? Like uh, you go to the gym, you work out your body, but the diff there's a difference between working from a, you know, an embodied perspective between the ego mindset, right? And all of that really helps the, the people there, the space. So, right, it's more than, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, at least I hope uh, people experience it like that. We only can hope for those kind of things. Of course, right. we do our best for it. But yeah, I think so indeed that, that uh, small things like having your coffee afterwards yeah. uh, and, and, and if you come in uh, having like a friendly chat, uh, but also the open uh, environment that if you have questions while you work out uh, with, with, with employees, but also with um, with other clients. I think it's a big social event. Uh, the funny thing is a lot of business is done also. Uh, that's always a bit, you have to be aware that you don't become kind of a business club, but it happens that people are like, oh, I do this, oh, you do this. Oh, nice, maybe we can do something together. And it's such a easy way of just chatting with each other. And, and that's also part, like it's good to train, but it's good also to have your balance in that kind of stuff. And, yeah, do your own thing or look a bit more around you and, and, and find a bit of a social uh, environment. And I think that's um, everyone respects their own wishes and each other's wishes in that part. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, I have a quote here, uh, just to trigger a few more questions. Ida Rolf once said, the key to all life experience is movement. So I'm curious to know from both of you, what are the underlying skills that you you believe are being developed uh, that can well, actually, what are the skills that one can can develop through the improved state of movement? The feeling of embodiment, you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think the one, the biggest one, uh, actually the most important one maybe, uh, and it's strange to say is, is what we already were talking about and that's a bit of the mental state mm -hmm. um, and, and, and being in this happy uh, more energetic uh, state of living um, for example uh, well I just had a baby a couple of weeks ago and, and because I feel fit and I really trained her just before she was there I feel now energetic enough to have those shitty night's sleep, but still do my job with a lot of fun, but also be home, uh, go for a run with her in the stroller and, and really have energy to to give her love and attention as well. And 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 all those kind of things uh, for me now with the baby, but also for other people with, with their partners or with their colleagues. I think if you train and if you feel energetic, you can share that with others and, and that will come back to you as well. I think that's a very important one. Um, uh, something else is indeed the, yeah, the, the stronger you are or the more in control you are, the, uh, the easier things are coming to you. Mm -hmm. um, and in and, and the sense of easier is, um, there can be daily activities like carrying the groceries upstairs uh, and don't have to think like, oh shit, this is so heavy, but just go upstairs. So that's a negative impulse less, but also 
help out with small things. If someone needs to move, you say, oh, sure, let's push this couch up. And then you don't think about it, but you can just do it because it's you're there. And one of the main things people come with, with, with the complaints, if when, for example, there are lower back issues, uh, they say, like, yeah, I'm constantly aware of my lower back. So I'm afraid to move. I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to do that. And all those things are negative impulses in your life. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe get rid of those negative impulses and, and be more aware of the things you can do. Mm -hmm. So that's also, I think, a very important one. But then again, you go to the more uh, mental part, mm -hmm. uh, I think. So and that's, that's of course, a very close balance between, between physical or mental fatigue or energy. Um, and, and those are constantly influencing each other. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's a very similar thing, but almost more awareness of your body and awareness of your proprioception or where your body is in space mm -hmm. and how that can change your perception of a training. You're not doing it necessarily for um, physical aesthetics, but that goal of really trying to connect to yourself and find out more about what's going on with your body. And similar with uh, what Chais was saying before about neck pain or back pain, you know, you can focus on the pain aspect or you can look at, okay, like what is my body telling me that I need to be able to do or that I'm not doing enough of? And then training and movement can become fun and interesting and you start to look with your, at your body with a curiosity to, to find out what's going on and how can I resolve this issue or um, get myself back to a balance rather than, oh, I just need to, to get rid of this pain can I get an injection or make a quick fix and I think that's really important in terms of movement that you can get a, a greater sense of yourself yeah. and yeah again it's almost like a mindfulness state um, mm -hmm. exploring your movement understanding how you can train with good form rather than just how much you can lift or how many reps you can do yeah uh, and that comes back down to posture as well yeah. And also it's interesting what you were tapping into the curiosity uh, aspect of it and also connected to what we were just talking about motivation, right? You were having some interesting thoughts around that. I don't know if you want to share that tying the motive. Yeah. We were just chatting before about um, like me training every morning. I'm trying to get up early and, and train a few days a week. And yeah, you were asking, do you have motivation to do that? And I really believe that motivation is a huge fallacy when it comes to training. It's more of consistency and habit forming and really making that emotional connection to how do you feel after or what's your goal if I'm trying to, to get more range in my shoulder because I know that that's going to help me with my neck issue, for example. That's what gets me up in the morning. It's I'm still not excited to get out of bed early um and we were talking about i don't think that even people who are athletes are excited to get up at three or four and go and train but they have that goal and that consistency mm -hmm. so whatever you can do to set yourself a small habit and something that's achievable that's going to help with your motivation once the ball's rolling then it's easier to keep it rolling than to start to push it you know again yeah yeah and the added curiosity. I think that that is a, a beautiful way to, to do it. So what is like your, uh, both of your uh, way, favorite ways to move? Like what is, what are your favorite ways to move basically? Um, I think for me, it really depends on the day. Uh, I do like strength training. 
Um, as someone who is really hypermobile, I know that as soon as I stop weight training, that's when I start to get issues around, you know, my hips and lower back and things like that, because I don't have the stability in my ligaments. So that I do a lot of, um, and I just have this rule of just trying to incorporate movement in the day so that even if I don't feel like lifting heavy weights or I don't feel like doing a run, then I kind of check in and go, okay, well, what do you want to do? Um, and then I have another rule of if I try and I don't like it after 10 to 15 minutes, then it's okay, today's not my day and I'll try again tomorrow. So it's a bit of a mix. I'm not an endurance sports person, but that's um, Heiss's box. <laughs> Heiss. Um, well, favorite way of uh, moving uh, for me is, 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 is speed skating, actually. Uh, I'm Dutch, so I'm more Dutch person is, uh, is on the speed skates, so maybe that's fun. Now, uh, actually, I started with that, uh, I think now five years ago to really do it uh, phonetically. Um, and, um, for me, that's the most beautiful thing of doing. Uh, last last Feb, we had a, we had a good winter here, a week of ice. And yeah, like being being on the ice, and, and even like the first days when it was pretty thin. Still, uh, I went up together with my girlfriend and the newborn uh, with, on the, in a stroller, and it was yeah that 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 feeling of like smooth. But still, like a quick movement, it's it's amazing. It's 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 absolutely uh, it's it's technical. Uh, it's physically hard. Um, it's smooth. It's it's yeah. That's that's the nicest thing for me to do. And and um, yeah, like going to the places where not a lot of people can come, uh, making these loops over all the lakes here in in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's when you ask me what's your favorite way of moving, then that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Um, to make it a bit more broader, because I can imagine that not everywhere people are on the ice. Uh, I think, um, yeah, besides that, basically everything what has to do with endurance, uh, so so running, cycling, those kind of things, that's to uh, I really like. Um, so yeah, going for a long run, and especially going for a run towards something. For example, this summer when I was training for the marathon uh, with a friend of mine, uh, we ran to uh, to the beach and that's like a 28K run from, uh, from our house. Um, and it was really warm. So then we had to leave at seven in the morning uh, about like waking up early uh, because temperature was otherwise too high. And then you run towards uh, the beach. You come there around nine-ish and you're like, okay, we're here undress, run into the water and enjoy being at the beach. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's it, yeah. So I think uh, the whole running cycling, so basically everything with endurance. And I think the, again, speed skating is the most optimum because it's also so smooth and so gentle for your body. And that's, that's yeah, really where, really where I'm happy. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, yeah. Running is amazing. Um, all right. Uh, I walked, I was also uh, looking into getting from you some tips, like you know, what would be like the three top tips of movement awareness, just that you give to clients or that you could give to your viewers or to the listeners. You know, very simple uh, movement awareness. Um, I think 
but maybe Nadia is, can can explain more about this. And that's I think it's very important to have a, um, to do it. Don't try to uh, catch up the lack of movement during the day. So, for example, uh, if you have been sitting behind the desk all day, you can't. Uh, catch up with those lost hours by going for a three-hour walk in the evening. Uh, that's not how it works. So I think in that case, Nadia is very expert and is giving clinics to companies about like try to schedule it in your program and, and spread it through the day. But I think yeah, she can be uh, she can explain more about that part. Yeah, it's, it's true. A lot of people come in with postural complaints from from being in a static posture and. It's home with your physio. It's really, really hard for 30 minutes or an hour with your physio to counteract eight hours every day in one um, in one position. So really, people can become their own movement experts and just kind of becoming aware of what postures am I adopting in a day and how do I move? Um, I think there is so much information out there um, in the internet, and you also have like experts like us to come and to come and have a look at your particular type of movement so i would say my biggest tip would be like don't be afraid of your body or afraid of movement there's help out there for you to seek and then there's, um, there's so much information there you just have to have that more of the curiosity to kind of look at it and as i said just try and keep moving because that's going to tell you information uh, with pain our body is trying to tell us stuff all the time yeah. mm -hmm. It's not just something's broken. It's, it's like it's communicating back to us of what it can it needs. And sometimes you can find a lot of joy and satisfaction in answering that and giving it mm. Nice. So I have two last questions. Uh, it's I want to I'm, I'm curious to know now what keeps you both uh, excited for the rest of this year, working with your clients and also, you know, what's coming up for the gym. For me, what keeps me motivated and keeps going is when you get, like, you see clients progressing and that gives you that burst to go, yeah, you know, I've, I've helped this person achieve a goal or I've gotten them to something that they never thought that they would get over. They've been to several physios or tried several of the different things and they haven't found that key. Uh, to help people become happy with their bodies again, that enjoy their bodies and not afraid of it, that really spurs me on to, to get through the difficult days where you maybe feel like you're worrying my good physio because I'm not doing the right thing. Um, and also different projects. I'm working a lot with um, pregnant women at the moment doing pre and postnatal classes. Sorry, can you repeat that? Uh, understand i'm working a lot at the moment with uh, pregnant women so we have like a wise mums classes so three times a week and that's it's really enjoyable because every day is different even though they're the same group of people how they feel on one day is going to be different to the next and it's really enjoyable to help uh new mums through this experience as well and help them feel empowered in their bodies there's things happening inside them, but still you can train and you don't have to just stick to gentle stretching. You can feel strong and you can feel confident in your body, which is important in this stage of life. So yeah, I'm looking forward to developing that and continuing working with that group. For me, uh, this year, uh, I think it's, it's, it's a strange year uh, for everyone, uh, but also for, for a business that is... Um, 
that started a year and a half ago. So basically, we had like six months of a normal existence, and 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 then pandemic hit. Um, and what I think is very nice that even though the pandemic uh, hit, we were as a team um, very decisive and, and and going okay. This is where we want to go for. This is where we stand for. And uh, it, it it got people moving and it, it got people believing in like, hey, okay, I can use this time to uh, improve myself. Um, and and now actually that we're looking at, at, at the light at the end of the tunnel in the sense of that, that well, uh, everything is opening up a bit again, numbers are getting better, whatever. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a big chance for, for, for the practice and also for the clients here to start experiencing all the hard work we have put in uh, the last couple of months. So uh, that's something that I'm really curious about. Like, uh, people who used to travel a lot for their work and now feel more energetic, if it is easier for them. People who play uh, sports, hockey, soccer, whatever, uh, they can go back to their sports and, and, and feel the improvements. Um, do the day-to-day -day stuff, but then with the extra uh, energy and extra strength they've built up here in the last couple of months. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very curious how, how the responses on that are. And of course, besides that, as a, as a pure business uh, owner, I'm very curious what it's going to do for the practice. Like, like is there, are there more possibilities? For example, we have been doing a running program, uh, Nadia's uh, pregnancy program, uh, cycling program. We have uh, outdoor programs. So all those kind of things that we've been working on uh, the last few months, how we can enroll them and, and start with those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exciting. <sighs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... it's uh, <laughs> It's it's looking good in the sense of where we were able to do stuff again. And that's that's yeah, that's exciting and it gives energy and, and, and triggers you to be like, okay, let's go for it. And, and here I've been working for. It. Yeah. Okay. I have one last question. Uh, I invite you to uh, answer the following question. Why is movement your constant? Uh, for me, and I think uh, that's also why I am very fond of, 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 of endurance sports. It's the only time I'm not thinking. Um, and I think Nadia can can uh, can tell uh, that, that basically when I'm, I'm I'm always like busy with things. Uh, when I'm treating, of course, I'm focused at the patient. But then basically from walking from treatment room towards the uh, gym area, and that's not that far because we're like, it's, I don't know, 20 steps, something like that. And then you're in the gym. But even in those 20 steps, I already can shout three things over the desk like, oh, uh, Derek and Harry, you have to do this, this or this. And then I go to the gym and I really focus on the client again. And that's like constantly, wherever, whatever I'm doing, it's always like you're thinking about of course, what's to do with practice, but also other stuff. I don't know, politicals or uh, that kind of stuff. I'm always busy in my mind. And actually, as soon as I start running or if I start cycling or especially speed skating again, but, but, but basically all the endurance sports that I currently do, um, you stop thinking about those things. And it's just you and you're running and 
if my dog joins me running, I'm looking at the dog, I'm like, okay, what well, I have the bees, nice. Or if I'm cycling, you're looking around and you see the surroundings. And that's maybe also why I like to go somewhere instead of just making a loop, because otherwise you're only thinking, oh, I have to go back a little bit. And then if you go really something else, somewhere else, you're like, oh, I haven't been thinking for those three, four hours of when I was on the bike. And now it was a sudden are at my parents' house, for example, and then you have this whole other life. Um, so in that case, it's, it gives me, yeah, it's a bit of a mindfulness thing. I think it, it, it stops me thinking and, and, and it's, yeah, that's, that's the most important thing for me with sports. I mean, it's pretty much exactly the same. I think to have movement is the one time where I think it's a form of mindfulness technique. And, you know, there's a lot of research done in somatics now. But for me, every time I'm, I'm moving, it's time just to become aware of my body. And I think it kind of centers me back to myself, how I'm feeling. I'm not really good at that. I'm not the type of person that checks in with their feelings and, have, like, tries to clear their brain and check in with thoughts. But... For me, I think I get that when I'm training. I become aware of like what's stiff, what's blocked, what's not feeling so good. And um, and also time to think. When I was living in France and in Switzerland, I'd be hiking and it's really physically draining, but the whole time you're kind of thinking about different things and the lightness that you feel after is, is really connected to your stress. You train and then you feel light afterwards. So. It's very similar to Christ, I think. Movement is a time for me to connect with my body, but also with your mind and just focus on how you're doing physically, mentally, emotionally, without kind of being so rigid about, okay, I'm going to practice mindfulness or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Chais, Nadia. Uh, for being here today and sharing, uh, yeah, your your knowledge with me and playing around with this uh, three people, two people conversation, it was really lovely to get to know you a little bit better as well. It's been really thanks for having us. Thank you. So I will also be having uh, two other colleagues next time uh, from the same uh, location, from the gym uh, vice, and we will touch upon other things just to get to know a little bit better this team and the various skills of the complete team. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm